We've all seen them. We've seen them on the subway, in the coffee shop, standing in the supermarket checkout line. We've seen them in their cars at a red light or waiting for the doctor. They all look alike. Their heads are down, their thumb moving in a steady rhythm. Who are they? They're just one of billions who are called social media users. Hi, I'm Nate Dancer, and this is the 14th episode in our series, Babylon, the Seat of Satan's Power. When we really consider what Satan's end goal is, to create a global mindset of rebellion against God's authority, we feel the need to ask, how will he do it? What are his most effective strategies for shaping the minds of men and women? What are the cultural forces that we need to be most aware of and most on guard against? In today's episode, we'll look at a phenomenon that has gripped the hearts of over 4 billion people, social media. Stay with us. As professing Christians, we all have a basic understanding that at some point, the world is going to reach a climax. The powers of darkness will grip the minds of humanity at a level that has never yet been seen. But I think that very few of us have considered how this will happen. Because it's not as if people are simply going to wake up one day and declare their unreserved allegiance to the Antichrist. Significant preparation will be required for such a diverse group of people to make that kind of decision. And so we as believers have got to be wide awake to the cultural influences that are swirling all around us. We have to realize that many of these things are being used by the spirit of the age to create an anti-Christ mindset. And there is no doubt that one of the most powerful influences in our current global culture is social media. Up till now, I've mostly been presenting a big picture view of the different spiritual trends and happenings occurring in the church of our day. But in this session, I want to zero in on something that has become a very real aspect of daily life. I'm talking about social media. Surely, one of the devil's greatest achievements in our generation is the way he has been able to use social media to capture the hearts and minds of billions of people. Social media clearly appeals to some of the most powerful desires in the human heart. There is no other explanation for its universal acceptance. Now, I should state up front that I have very little experience with social media. I've never had a personal account on any of the social media networks. I don't know what it's like to spend hours scrolling through people's posts about themselves. I don't visit discussion blogs. I've never advertised myself on LinkedIn. I know nothing of swiping through endless TikTok videos. However, I do have godly friends who occasionally use social media to stay connected to close friends and family members. 
for them, it's just a way they can share fun photos and meaningful content with those closest to them. They're able to use this internet platform in such a way that it has little or no detrimental effect on their lives. Such people are undoubtedly a source of real annoyance to people like Mark Zuckerberg. He and other like-minded internet engineers have designed their social mediums to foster continuous, relentless engagement. After all, the more popular their platforms are, the more advertising they can sell, to the tune of billions of dollars per year. With so much power and money to be gained, Mark Zuckerberg and the other social media giants want every human being in the entire world on their platforms and using them continuously. Armed with a robust understanding of human psychology, their developers design these mediums to be highly addictive. And if you can't imagine life without social media, or you can't remember the last time you went a full day without checking your social media accounts, then you're probably addicted. Just the kind of person they're looking for. It only makes sense that empty, Christless souls would buy into the social media craze. After all, what else do they have to live for? But for Christians to give themselves over to it can only mean that their relationship to the Lord is either very shallow or just a figment of a deluded mind. As I said, my experience with social media has mostly been from what I hear from others, and most of it has been very disturbing. What I have derived about it is that there are three primary draws to it. Let's take a minute to consider these. The first allurement of social media is that it gives the user the necessary tools to gain attention to himself. Whatever a person's goal might be, he's now given the capability to attract and influence massive numbers of people. Facebook actually has a page that instructs their users how to grow their audience and the level of visitors' engagement. They offer 16 different tips about how to accomplish this. The second draw is that a person is able to present a positive image of himself to his hopefully ever-widening circle of acquaintances. One of the worst aspects of social media is that it encourages people to promote a glorified, edited view of themselves to others. Perhaps without even thinking about it, each image is examined before posting so that what is presented puts them in a favorable light. In other words, a person's social media profile is never a window into their real life. It only shows you what they want you to see. The payoff for an interesting or beautiful page is to gain followers. Because, after all, the more people who subscribe to or like your page means that more people actually like you. The problem with living in this competitive environment is that it also opens the door for unwanted criticism, which can leave the person depressed or even devastated. Young people have committed suicide simply because they've been unliked by someone they were seeking to impress. Many more have ended their lives because of ugly remarks posted by some online bully. The third reason I'll touch on is that social media gives them the ability to peek into the lives of other people. For some, it's just a way to while away hours and the never-ending desire to escape boredom. Others use it to stalk someone they have a crush on. Either way, social media makes it impossible to know exactly who is viewing your profile. 
With this anonymity, it's possible for people to freely look into the lives of others without concern. Whatever a person's motivation might be, social media, like all forms of entertainment, is just one more distraction the enemy uses to keep people from considering the more meaningful issues of life. Who wants to consider spiritual matters when they can keep themselves occupied with what's going on in their inner circle of friends? What Christian wants to get up early to spend an hour with the Lord when they've been up till late at night surfing the internet and swiping through videos? No one. And that's one of the main reasons why Satan dreamed it up in the first place. And that alone should cause us all to seriously consider the Apostle Paul's admonition for believers to redeem the time. For one day, we will certainly give an accounting to the Lord as to how we spent this precious commodity. I believe that we as Christians tend to be far too casual with the kinds of influences that we subject ourselves to. I believe that we do not appreciate how easily we're changed by what we see and hear. I believe that we're far too short-sighted and that we don't usually realize the kind of impact that our choice of entertainment today has on the kinds of people we become tomorrow. I brought Trey Best into the studio. He's one of our biblical counselors because before he came to Pure Life, he was, well, I'll let him tell you all about it. All right, so today we're going to talk about social media, and I was thinking about a comment that you made right before we started filming, which was that it's going to sound like we hate social media. And I was thinking about how maybe to respond to to that idea, which is that I'm not sure that we could say that we are absolutely black and white anti-social media, but when you do see something in culture that has very destructive potential, and not only the potential, but that really is harming a lot of people, then I think that frames the way that we start to talk about it. So we're not completely opposed to social media as an idea, mm-hmm. but the way it's being used and the impact that it's having on people yeah. is is definitely going to color our conversation. So you're a millennial. You're yeah. how old? 28. 28, okay. <laughs> so then you were definitely involved with social media before you came here. Um, how heavily? Uh <laughs> I would say definitely above average. (laughs) I don't know how to describe that. Um, You know, most of the time you don't just have like, at least for me, I didn't have one social media platform. You have like three or four. (laughs) Which ones? I had, I mean, (laughs) when I was in middle school, MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I had a MySpace account. (laughs) Yeah, and then later on, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Vine. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then the other thing is like with <laughs> social media is like, it's now not limited to just like those things. Like everything has like some kind of like interaction board. So oh, yeah. video, you know, different games on your phone have all that. So mm-hmm. it's pretty immersed. <laughs> so what did a typical day look like for you with social media? I mean, the main thing is 
it filled any time of boredom. <laughs> so, but what a typical day would look like is, you know, you wake up, you check your feed. <laughs> You're yep. going to start getting ready for, uh, for work. Well, you check your feed before you start doing that. Midway through, you might check your feed again. You get, you get on the road to go to work and maybe before you step into the office, you know, you're just like, well, let me just check it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, and how are people responding to what I've done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you might, if you did something like really cool in the morning, then you're like, oh, I'm going to post it. Like if I actually right. went to the gym like at 5 a.m., I'm going to like post right. a picture of it yeah, yeah. and see how like what, what kind of things are going on and kind of comments am I getting, likes. Um, so hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, hours yeah. every day. Yeah. Before bed, yeah. you're even watching like TV shows and you're like, well, let me check my feed. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's just right. constant. Okay. So did you ever try to get off of social media? Like you said, okay, like I got to see what life is like without social media or this is pretty excessive. Mm -hmm. I need to do something about it. Did you ever try? Yeah. Yeah, I did. A few times actually. <laughs> uh, I really like put into practice when my accountability <laughs> was like, hey, you need to get off social media. Oh, uh, okay. Somebody told you, you, you need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, it was like directly leading into sin in different ways. Okay. But yeah, it was uh good and bad. I think, you know, we can get into this later, but without repentance, like real repentance, it's torturous <laughs> because you're just kind of agitated. Like one, like you're like, okay, I'm going to endure not having it until I can have it again. Okay, so how long were you off it for the longest stretch? Probably maybe three to five months. Okay. Um, and that whole time you were like, when can I get back to social media? <laughs> yeah, well, the issue was I say three to five months, but like interspersed in that were times where I would still find a way to get on it. So it wasn't like... Yeah, and during the whole time I was, you know, most of the time having an agitation, uh, wanting to be on it. Um, you start even getting a little paranoid if, like, you're really not repentant because you're thinking, you know, maybe there's something that's going on that uh, I'm missing out on. Yeah. Uh, maybe someone's posting something that is about me and I need to, like, I need to know. <laughs> you just feel, like, entitled to that. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's it gets kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do think that one of the main critiques of social media, among other things, is that it is has proven to be very addictive. Oh yeah, for a lot of people, mm -hmm. um, young people especially. But I mean, for a heavy user of social media, I don't. It's not out of the realm of of possibility for people to be spending eight hours mm -hmm. on social media. Today yeah. and um, it sounds like you experienced that firsthand, mm -hmm. not only when you were allowed to have social media, but then when you were cut off from it, you had this almost like a drug addict, right? You're just, it's on your mind. You can't mm -hmm. stop thinking about it. You're trying to figure out how am I going to get to this thing? Yeah. Um, you did mention that the social media was directly playing into sexual sin. I mean, obviously, it's pretty clear that there's a lot of sexual stuff on social media, but mm. how did it directly play into sexual sin, like, beyond that? Was mm -hmm. there was there a more subtle connection? Yeah, well, it's, it's a breeding ground for fantasy, for men and women. I mean, 
you know, without social media, if there was somebody that you were lusting after, you know, you'd have to like take some pretty intentional steps to get to know them and all that to like actually get into sin with them. But with social media, like you have their page, you have a, a plethora of pictures and videos of them. So, I mean, you start looking at their life, even if it's not even sexual, you're just imagining what your life would be like with them or their life and your life and then that. And But then if you start finding something attractive, you start lusting in that way and you're just, you're in that flow of being a, a taker. I mean, really social media is just a place to be a taker and then keep up a good image. Mm. It's It's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, explicit content, another avenue is... Uh, being in connection with former relationships. So even if you're not with somebody or if you knew you were you were with somebody and then you're not with them anymore, I mean, you can still like live in that fantasy of being with them by going through their page. And yeah. so it just, it just gets you in bondage in that way. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, when a guy's in lust, he's pretty much willing to do whatever it takes to get what his lust wants. So yeah, just... You're curious about somebody and it can, I mean, it, it can go pretty deep. I mean, because now you can find, you can go to, I'm just going to really expose it, but yeah. you can go to like, let's say you knew somebody at the gym, like you can actually click on the gym's page and just find connections to that. And you can find literally the account of almost anybody that you were lusting after and get connected to their page. So yeah, it just opens this yeah. This thing, like where your fantasy was maybe with like somebody in pornography that you probably know that you'll never like mm -hmm. come in contact with. Well, now you're in that same, you know, flow and spirit, but with somebody that is like near you in real life. Um, and so now like your world is becoming, if we just call it like it is, like pornographic. Mm. Yeah, you start getting to a pretty scary place. Mm. Okay, so you've you've been off social media for a couple of years, at least since you've been at Pure Life. Mm -hmm. And um, so that has given you some time to reflect on your life. And you've been through the process of repentance, which always involves some honest self-reflection. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just wondering, as you look back at what social media did in your spiritual life, what what have you seen about how it negatively impacted you spiritually? Even mm. beyond just like, oh yeah, I got into pornography. Mm -hmm. Like what was the negative effect spiritually? Yeah. Well, one of the big ones is that it just stole so much of my time. I mean, if it's the first thing that I'm looking at, you know, and it's just getting me in the flesh at the start of my day versus where now, you know, I start my day seeking the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and then even that time before getting ready for work where I, I could actually seek the Lord, it was just being spent on, you know, getting on social media. So it just, it consumed a lot of time, um, wasn't redeeming the time, definitely wasn't being wise with my time. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think I was ever productive <laughs> being on social media, like personally. Yeah. Um, it was definitely mostly for entertainment. Yeah, definitely added to giving me a greater love for the world. You're just seeing like what the world offers and it's almost really like you have Babylon in front of you being displayed and glorified and then you're in a flow of lust and taking. So all you're just, you're doing is consuming it and you're starting to value it. You're starting to want it. Um, and yeah, you just immersed in it. 
Yeah, yeah. It, one of the things, I can't remember on which episode I was reflecting on this, but, you know, if we never really take a deep look mm-hmm. at the eternal things, we'll never see them, mm-hmm. you know? Like, a profession of faith is not enough to bring into our soul the reality of eternal things. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Just because you go to church, make a profession of faith, get baptized, go to a small group, that's not what creates inside of you the capacity to mm-hmm. see beyond the temporal world. Mm-hmm. It's it's time. You have to spend a lot of time meditating on things and praying, mm-hmm. reading the Bible, immersing yourself in things which are eternal. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. Like, yeah, you worked at a church, yeah, but you spent most of your time looking at the temporal world, mm-hmm. so you became very temporally minded. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and not just not just those things. The other thing, you know, to add to it is um, just how it killed contentment, because I'm just living in this place of comparing my life to somebody else's life. Um, I heard a mm-hmm. pastor say that, you know, in regard to social media, you're behind the scenes to somebody else's highlight reel. So you're just oh, seeing, yeah. so you're just like, you know what your life really looks like. And then not only that, but then like, you know, you get something like the Lord blesses you with something, but then immediately you're comparing it to what somebody else has. And I've heard that, you know, comparison is the quickest way to uh, kill gratitude. You know, here it is a blessing. You have a, let's just say, for instance, you have a, you know, 2022 new vehicle or whatever, um, or let's just use 2021. Um, you have a 2021 new vehicle, and then you get on social media or something, and you see someone who has a 2022, and they're talking about how nice it is, and you're just thinking, man, my 2021 sucks compared to the 2022 one. Right, right. And it's just you lose that gratitude. And um, yeah, I mean, comparison just kills. Um, it adds either pride or it leads into despair because you're either yeah. like looking at someone else's life and thinking, oh, my life's better than theirs or the other way around. You see someone else's life and you see their life's better than mine. And so yep. then you're in self-pity. So it, <laughs> comparison really doesn't it, yeah. like help you at all. And social media just cultivates that. Yeah, and I think probably you could go on to list another five or six negative consequences. Yeah. Um, but we're actually going to talk a little bit more about that. So let's move on to the next thing. Um, because you're a biblical counselor, and so part of what you do when you're counseling somebody is try to help them see their lives in the light of God's Word, mm-hmm. you know, to hold up the mirror of God's Word so that people can look at themselves mm-hmm. and see the kinds of things that you saw. You know, mm-hmm. wow, this is making me really temporally minded. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting into ingratitude and discontentment. This is leading me into sexual sin. It's that that kind of thing. Oftentimes, we're not able to see those things on our own and so it can be really helpful to have somebody else put that mirror up before us so that we can see the reality. So then when you're counseling somebody who's in sexual sin, right, mm-hmm. and they're coming to you and they're saying, man, why? What's going on? And you're trying to help them see what you've seen about social media, what are the truths that are right at the top of the list that you want people to see? 
One of the first uh, verses that I take guys to is Galatians 5, 16 to 17, which pretty much in essence say that if you're walking in the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Kind of show them the list of the flesh and sexual morality is in there. And, you know, I kind of just try to paint the picture like the issue is not that you're in sexual sin. That's just a fruit of you being in the flesh. Mm. And so then, you know, kind of move them on to Galatians 6, 7 through 8, and I'm going to read it. It says, Paul says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And just trying to show them, like your inside world's like a garden, and like whatever seeds you're planting, that's going to determine, you know, what fruit you get. And so showing them, you know, <laughs> just kind of ask them, like, do you think social media is feeding your flesh or feeding the spirit? And they know, you know, yeah, it's it's leading me into sexual sin and all these other <laughs> different things. It's taking up my time. Um, it's, it's my flesh. Mm. And so trying to help them to see, well, how many hours are you spending on it? And they you know, they kind of list, you know, three, seven hours, um, and they kind of see, okay, yeah, I'm sowing to my flesh, and that's why I'm reaping of the flesh. So that's that's one of the things okay. that I definitely want to try to show them. The other one is helping them to see just how it, how it's just breeding a love for the world, but then, you know, taking them to First John 2, 15 to 17, um, where John says, you know, all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. World, <laughs> lust, like they're connected there. So just helping them to see like when you're when you're on social media specifically, like you're beholding the things of the world. You're staring at it, you're adoring it, especially if they have no um, devotional time. They're not oh, yeah. abiding with Jesus. So then they're abiding, really, if we're being honest, they're abiding in social media and whatever things they're following. And for the most part, it's pretty fleshly. And so just trying to help them to see like these things that you're drawn to, well, there's a connection, like you're beholding this and then you're wanting it. Like they're not disconnected. Like that's, you're feeding yourself this thing and eventually like that's creating a desire and a want for it. So that's one of those things, Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. you know, and then the other one that uh, really hit me um, and I try to share with them is just uh, how it's getting you into a life of self and pride versus loving people. That's mm. That was what hit me in the program was when I saw all this time on social media was just building a life about me and other people, if they intervene in my time, they were, they were a hindrance versus this opportunity mm. to love them. But being on social media just fed that because I post something and I'm just thinking, what likes am I getting? What comments am I getting? Um, and then someone else posts something. I'm thinking, why do they have more than me? And it's just, I'm, it's, I'm already in this mentality of mm. me, me, me. And then, you know, you go into a setting where you're through your family and you're, you haven't like repented. Like you're still in that mentality to some degree and your family's talking to you and you're just in this mentality of how do their actions affect me? versus how can I be a blessing to them? Mm. And if we're being honest, I mean, if you're, for me, when I was in sexual sin and on social media, I was not getting onto social media to be a blessing to other people. Like that wasn't my frame of mind going into it. Uh, I was going into it, I think, you're going into it thinking, you know, how can I, 
how can I take? How can I, I mean, I wasn't thinking that, but that's yeah. what I was in. You're just thinking, I want this. Yeah. 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 And what's entertaining. And, you know, if that's not entertaining. What, like, I'm going to be on the hunt really to find something that is. And yeah, so it just, yeah, it just really kills that ability to love because you're not in that flow. You're not in a place of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, those are some of those, the things that I really try to, draw out for these guys. And I know for myself, a a big one, and I've mentioned this before, is how it made me value the outside world versus the inward, which we kind of brought out, you know, temporal and earthly versus like eternal and heavenly. Yeah. But it does, you know, you're like in the spirit of the world is trying to send a message of this is, you can have a good life without God. Mm. And social media kind of just is pushing out that message for the most part if you know you're not following really godly people and so you're looking at their life and thinking man look at this awesome life they have but it's all revolving these temporal things you know cars money success influence pleasure you know and you're just you're drawing you're drawing from that and wanting it and so your value system begins to be based in that versus in the camp of, you know, what is, what is valuable to the kingdom of God and what's valuable to Jesus Mm -hmm. and those things that really matter. So yeah, those are some of the principles that I try to open my guy's eyes to. Yeah. And, and as you're, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about how everything that you just described, wasting time, feeding the flesh, the the pride that mm-hmm. this often breeds in us, this addiction to entertainment so that other people become like a hindrance to me getting what I want, you know, developing a taker mindset. I I just, I think we have to pause for a second because mm-hmm. we have to hear that everything you just mentioned is anti Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is antichrist. Yeah. I'm not we're not saying that Facebook is the devil or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it's it was breeding a mentality in you that is anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. Even though you went to church yeah. and you were on staff at a church mm-hmm. and you were, you know, a, a youth minister and mm-hmm. you're teaching people the Bible, that addiction in you, just social media, forget pornography or anything, just social media was breeding in you an anti Christ mentality. Yeah. And we have, I mean, we have to grapple with that mm-hmm. because the spirit of the world is very seductive mm-hmm. and it's very subtle and people change over time. They don't change all at once. Mm-hmm. And so it can be these years of decisions that we make to immerse ourselves in the spirit of the world. And then five years down the road, 10 years down the road, we wonder, man, why? Why am I struggling so much with my faith? Or what about the love that I used to have for Jesus? You know, and this walk that we had with God that at one time was maybe really vibrant, we're looking back on it like, man, where did all that go? Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be, we have to be pretty, we have to take a gutsy look yeah. at these kinds of things because we don't want to admit yeah. that this could be that dangerous. Yeah. You know? And, Honestly, most people don't want to take that look. I, I don't think on, for people who are listening that what we're saying is would be a surprise. It's just they don't want to agree with it. 
And not that they don't agree with it, that it's true. They don't want to agree with it because then they have to actually deal with it. Mm. And I know that was the case for me. Like I saw how social media was leading me into lust and leading me into just a heart that was opposite to Jesus. But I didn't want to admit that because then I'd have to deal with it. But I loved that life because it's all fleshly. I loved it. I valued it. And you know, if I have to, if I see it, then I have to deal with it. And I probably, I know I have to cut it off and I don't want to be that person. But if we do take a hard look at it, like you're saying, you know, we have to see, like if my goal is to really walk with Jesus, where does this come into play with, mm. with my walk with Jesus? Mm. You know, like you said, set aside sexual sin, just self wasting time. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, mm. That's what I saw, even in prepping for this, it's just a breeding ground and cultivates a life that just doesn't go with the flow that Jesus was in. Yeah, and we do want to hasten to add, it's not that the platform itself is inherently evil or unable to be used in a way that's healthy. It, it is possible. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it's we kind of have to take stock and ask, but is it healthy for me? Mm-hmm. Not is it able to be used for healthy purposes, but mm-hmm. what's the effect that it's having on my life? Okay, so that being said, um, what do you think it would look like for a person to use social media in a healthy way? Yeah, I think in looking at how you can have social media in a healthy way, uh, one thing that's very helpful in balancing you know, entertainment and living in this world really is, um, is getting to the motive and asking why. Mm. Um, just you know, asking yourself, you know, why do I do this? Why should I do this? Um, and there's two sides to processing this. You know, the first thought is dealing with the reality of your motives. Like, so you know, the person that's wanting to get into social media, they have to deal with why do I really want to be on social media mm-hmm. and ask themselves, you know, is it because they just want to be entertained? Um, you know, is it because they like that they can, you know, stumble into sexual sin and not feel like it's, you know, under the banner of pornography. Mm. It's like this, it's not porn, it's social media, but it like the content is pornographic yeah. if they're being honest, you know, and it's just asking themselves, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal that the other thought the other thing to ask yourself is why should i have this um how does this fit in the ultimate goal of my life and really wrestling with that question you know um hopefully the person you know is listening is you know their goal is to have a vibrant walk with jesus christ and so you know what does social media look like with that goal does it really help that and then if if it can and will, like how does that play in a factor and being really diligent um, with using it. So I think, you know, that's, you know, with dealing at the heart, you know, that's where you kind of need to start off at is with your motives. Um, But then from there, you know, being intentional, like my time, you know, there is to connect with people. Another thing is screen time boundaries. That's huge. There's so many apps that helped with that. But I think the biggest thing is uh, just having an initial time of fasting it because you don't really know how drawn you are to it until you're away from it. Mm. Um, That's what I saw. And not just a week, you know, because like for me, when I was like, I'll fast it for a week. Well, the whole time I'm kind of agitated and just waiting for it to, waiting for that time where I can, you know, 
allowed to get on social media again. But even taking like a month and seeing, you know, how is this really affecting my my walk, especially, you know, in, in those areas that we talked about, lust, ingratitude and um, mm. discontentment, um, love of the world, that fear of missing out, you know, FOMO. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that lack of love and being in the moment with people. Uh, I think, you know, those that fasting really opens your eyes to to, mm. how, to how it's affecting you. Yeah, and then being intentional about who you follow, that's huge for social media. Um, you know, honestly, I mean, I think if somebody wants to use it in a healthy way, they need to go and, in a sense, probably do a purging <laughs> of accounts. And if anything that's on there is not adding to their goal, uh, they should probably, you know, deal with it. You know, you, you talked about this a little bit already, but I think I'd like to maybe talk specifically about someone who is definitely borderline addictive, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, how would you recommend that they get things under control? Do You, you already kind of talked about it. Like, it sounds like they shouldn't just say, oh, okay, well, I'll scale it back. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just do an hour a day. Mm -hmm. It sounds like they need to take an extended period of time where they're away from it completely so that they can get their heart in a, in a right place. Mm -hmm. um, how long... How long would you say they should be thinking? Like if they're really, I'm talking hours a day, mm -hmm. you think a month is enough? Should they go longer? Honestly, I think a month is a good starting point. And I know if our heart's not in the place where we want to be free of this, then we're going to want the easy way out. Like <laughs> if I was in that position, I'd say, I hope this guy says two weeks. <laughs> but the reality is if you're wanting freedom, you know, take a month off of it, fast it for a month and and be sincere and reevaluating, spending that time um, pursuing the Lord. But for most people, if it's especially if it's leading to sexual sin, like if it's leading to sexual sin, I don't think a month's enough. I think it needs to be an extended period of time. Like if I'm doing the OCA program with somebody and it's a 12 week program, mm -hmm. I, you know, I would hope that they would take the whole 12 weeks to be off of social media, especially if it's directly contributed to their sexual sin. Yeah. But like I said, you know, there needs to be real repentance. Um, because mm. for me, when I was just trying to fast it, I was just waiting so I could have it again. But I need to take that time to really, I don't know, put uh, social media on the chopping block and really be like, okay, like, I have to just, I just have to come to terms with the Lord might ask me not to have social media in my life and I need to learn to be okay with that. It's, I mean, if you go to like the, the biblical process of sanctification, there's putting off, having a renewed mind and putting on. So in putting off this, you know, obviously it's fasting it, time limits, purifying your accounts, um, maybe not having it on your phone, limiting the amount of social media apps you have. Uh, but then in renewing the mind, you know, it's asking the Lord for real repentance and brokenness, seeing how has this affected me in the negative way? And then how has this kept me from the godly put-ons, like loving people, like living in the moment with people? So that person really needs to take that time away to let really allow real repentance to happen. Because the truth is that it's not has it affected you, it's, you know, how has it? Yeah. Because it is affecting you. The other thing is that they need to put on. 
um, like they need to learn what it looks like to have like they need to learn how to handle boredom in a godly way, mm. <laughs> um, meaning, you know, spending that time seeking the Lord and not just like, oh, I'm going to endure seeking the Lord for a little bit, but actually learn to enjoy that, getting into needs of other people, spending even that time serving, um, being productive with your time. And I guess really, if we could just summarize it all, it's I'm going to bring social media and I'm going to put it on the altar and give it to the Lord and really let him shape it, really let him dictate you know, how much, how much, or even if I should be on it at all. Yeah. Well, I think all this is really good because, you know, the takeaway is, again, hopefully just getting to the heart of the matter, which is that social media can very easily become a thing that really does take us away from Jesus Mm -hmm. and our lives become something that is not pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the the goal is to try to understand what does a life look like that's pleasing to him? What does mm-hmm. he want? Mm-hmm. And if we start to ask that question, what does he want? Then we'll begin to see, you know, if we really spend time in his word and spend time with him in prayer, he'll start to show us what he really wants and he'll he'll start to show us either what it looks like to use social media in a godly way or if it just means, you know what, you can't handle that. You need to stay away from it. And then he'll start giving you a new life. Yeah. He's not just going to leave us like mm-hmm. yeah. in this place of just my life is so miserable. I have nothing to do. God, yeah. I mean, God really, he wants to take our lives, which we were wasting mm-hmm. on meaningless things. And he wants to fill them with with purpose, with mm-hmm. dignity, with usefulness, so that at the end we stand before him and he's able to say, look at what I used your life for. Instead of wasting it on Mm -hmm. stuff that's just not that important. For some of you listening, this could very well be a real crossroads for you. Maybe you regularly listen to this podcast because you've been wanting to get victory over sexual sin. And maybe you've been listening to us for months and nothing has really changed, and you're wondering why. Now, I'm not saying that getting rid of social media will somehow be a magic pill, or that deleting your accounts will catapult you into freedom. But here's what I am saying. When there are things in our lives that consistently lead us into sin over and over again, Jesus tells us that we must cut it off. And you can read Matthew 5.29 if you're not sure what I'm talking about. If there is anything in our lives that consistently causes us to stumble into sin, there's no way around it. We have to get rid of it. There's no amount of praying, fasting, accountability meetings, or anything else that will be a substitute for obeying him in this matter. You have to get rid of it. And like I said, just because you take that step doesn't mean that you'll immediately have a pure heart. But I can say this, God will see your obedience and you will absolutely experience a fresh infusion of his grace and life and power. I'm not going to say anything more than that because you'll have to experience it for yourself. And then you'll know that what I'm saying is true. 
You'll take just one more step away from the spirit of Babylon and one step closer to really knowing Jesus. And one more thing. My editor John just said, hey, so what if people want to get really radical and they want to delete social media and streaming apps and any other kind of entertainment apps, but they still want access to our podcast? Why don't you recommend our smartphone app? So here you go. We have a smartphone app. It's available for both Android and iPhone. You'll get access to all of our sermons, our teaching videos, and our blog articles. Just type in Pure Life Ministries wherever you get your smartphone apps. All right, that's it for this episode of Purity for Life. We'll see you next week. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.